0: So we are kicking off the new year with talking about the theme of belonging today. And when we decided on this theme, the first person that I thought of was Brené Brown, Mm -hmm. who's a writer and researcher, because she talks a whole lot about belonging. In one of her earlier books, The Gifts of Imperfection, which is one of my favorites, she says that belonging is the innate human desire to be a part of something larger than ourselves. She actually went on to correct or I guess add to this definition that it's not just this external desire to belong to something bigger than ourselves. Belonging is something that's an internal journey as well. So she writes, it's not something we achieve or accomplish with others. It's something we carry in our heart. Once we th- belong thoroughly to ourselves and mm. believe thoroughly in ourselves, true belonging is ours.
1: Oh, that that's really good. Yeah. So, So it's not just something that somebody, that some outside external force provides to me. There's also, there's also, there's some way that I can ready myself to belong or like Mm -hmm. work that I have to do internally.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I wonder if this feels true for you in your own experiences, that belonging is both external and an internal internal. experience. For some of us, this idea of truly belonging to a group, something bigger than ourselves may seem difficult. And for some, the idea of thoroughly belonging to and believing in ourselves may seem difficult. But all of us have this need for belonging and drives us all. Cole Arthur Riley puts it, we are made for belonging, yeah. which I yeah. love.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I, I I think that feels really true to me, as you say, like both the internal and external side of belonging, because as... I have, um, as I've gotten older and maybe matured or healed and like some of the insecurities that plagued me as a as a teenager, as a young adult, start to feel like those are scales falling off of me, I find that I can, um, I, I'm finding that I'm feeling belonging in more spaces than ever mm-hmm. before, not just one space that like has to be my belonging and maybe we'll talk a little yeah. more about that later. But like, I feel like I, I don't know, like there's something about that must be internal work that's like allowing me to, um, I don't know, like not second guess myself as yeah. I enter into a space and so I can feel belonging more. I don't know. That feels really true yeah. to me.
0: Yeah. There's this like deeper anchoring in within yourself yeah. that helps you experience external yeah. belonging, no, I like which that. is really I like cool. that. Uh, But this morning, we want to kind of be able to cast a Jesus-centered vision for belonging. And we would really love insights and suggestions from you all of practices that have helped foster belonging.
1: Yeah, I I mean, our sense was, as we thought about making belonging our, um, our topic for the beginning of the year, and we'll do this for the next several weeks, uh, is that there are probably tons of really good ideas, um, really like best practices, hard won insights among everybody in our church, and so uh, we know that there are plenty of you know people who have, who have won hard insights in therapy. Who has? Yeah. Thera- I mean, like I, I mean, like we're regularly in conversation with lots of you that are just saying like, this is what I learned in this setting, or or this is a book that I read, or this is a podcast that I listened to, and this was this wonderful. Um, have you heard of X, Y, and Z, or have you heard in so and so? Um, we would love to make this like a crowdsourcing experience, these next several weeks on Belonging. Particularly today, if you want to use Discord, um, uh, maybe I'll have Mike throw the Discord um, uh, uh, QR code up on the screen one more time. If you want to use Discord to throw in like, your good ideas, um, we'll, we'll hope to like, kind of return to that before the end of this morning, but also let that help us as we continue to talk about Belonging over the next several weeks. Yeah. So use Discord today.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Maybe let's jump into some storytelling yeah, yeah, around that's belonging. That's great.
1: Yeah, what um, uh, best slash worst experiences of trying to belong for you?
0: Yeah, I feel like they're kind of all intertwined as okay. I'm in looking back on <laughs>
1: things. There's, um, there's not one or the other; they're a little. I, bit of both.
0: Yeah, I mean. I immediately thought of experiences in middle school and high school because oh, I think wonderful. it's such a like wonderful. concentrated <laughs> time of really, really trying to belong. Oh, yeah. And in that stage of my life, my two primary identities were youth group kid and theater kid.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah, Those are two really, cool. really like strong strong identities. Yes. Yeah.
0: There's actually one of my favorite podcasts right now. It's called Sounds Like a Cult. <laughs> and they, they don't talk about like typical cult groups. They talk about like <laughs> the cult theater troupe or something. Yeah. So they did yeah. an episode <laughs> Basketball on-
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: they did an episode on the cult of theater kids, (laughs) and I identified with like 90% of it. Um, But in high school and middle school, I had this community theater group that I was a part of, and this is just where I felt most seen, most Mm. free to be myself, Mm -hmm. most accepted and encouraged helps when you have all this pent-up emotion that you can sing about it, you oh, know? Oh, like, <laughs> there's, there's so many
1: feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, there's also just the sheer amount of time that you spend with these people when you're um, working on a show. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but for me, I'm looking back and realizing, like, wow, I really felt like I belonged there. But it wasn't just that I was accepted. I was praised in that setting.
1: Oh, yes. And that's Praise where, is a big piece of this, isn't it? Yeah. yeah
0: and that's where it kind of gets tricky. Um, mm. Jen Hatmaker, I was listening to an interview with her recently, and she talked about how belonging can function like currency in certain settings. Oh, it's transactional. And so looking back, I have all of these positive memories of my time doing theater, and I can recognize now that my people-pleasing was on like high alert. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was constantly trying to earn my place of belonging. And so I felt like I belonged, but that inner piece of belonging that we were talking about, like that didn't really exist. It was more of this conditional belonging.
1: Yeah, connect, uh, like connections were made, and, and the good things you got from that, yes. but it's also negative connections were made of like oh and if i continue to please people that's how i keep getting these good feelings. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's tough. That's really tough. tough. Yeah,
0: but i'm wondering what experiences Yeah. You have. I,
1: I mean um i i i mean like a funnier example that i i always go back to when i think about belonging is when i first started playing guitar. Um i i had the first experience of going to a guitar store. Um and it's like I, I, there are certain um, I don't know interests or like affinities that have like this very like showing off competitions mm-hmm. in their in in their uh, in, in their places. So you go to a guitar store and I'm like new to this and I'm trying to like oh okay I think uh, I need new strings and and then and then like the the associate just wants to like. Like tell you all that they know because they know so much about guitars and I just I immediately felt like an outsider I was like this I was trying to belong I'm like hey I'm becoming a guitar player but there's all of these roadblocks in front of me (laughs) so I always think about that Um, I I mean like like trying to belong and that being a tough experience of the of of the less like the I guess the the guitar store is you know the, it cuts deep a little bit but it wasn't it wasn't it's not too traumatic yeah. um but there are some more traumatic experiences i would say like in in my late teens i found um I found community through um, a group of friends that were like, it was the first group of friends I was ever a part of that it didn't feel like the main thing we did was talk behind each other's backs. <laughs> it was like just maybe like priority number seven, mm-hmm. which is way better than priority number two or three. Um, and and I, I loved being a part of this new group of friends because it was different. It was different experience. It was, it, it was love in a new way. But I did feel like um, as I got a little bit older, I recognized I was trying to live vicariously through, uh, this was a group of friends that all had the shared experience, like they'd grown mm-hmm. up together together. together, and I was the, like, I got to know them in the last year, and I, like, I found that, like, I don't know, like, my own story was being muted, because I was so, um, I I wanted to, like, you know, almost pretend like I had grown up with them, and, uh, and that, I look back now and I, and I wish I wouldn't have spent all of that time doing that. I wish that I would have felt more secure in my own self to like offer some of my story. Like my, what, what led to who I have become at that point um, matters too. Yeah. And I don't think I was ever like, I don't think they were like, you know, telling me not to share my story. I think it was more of like internally, I guess I hadn't mm-hmm. done the work. So, uh, so I think about that as a, a, as a way of trying to belong and, and not really, I don't know, not, not really firing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that like that
1: trying to earn your belonging. Yeah, I, like, it, it, I think it, I was. I think I was trying to earn water. it. But I, look, I, I can I can tell the same kind of stories yeah. you guys do. I can fit into the narrative yes. that already exists. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. Fit in is right. Yeah.
0: Well, I think of a, more of a genuine positive experience of belonging for me. Um, I worked at a Christian summer camp for five years as a college student, and it was a camp that I grew up going to. And this didn't really carry the same pressure of trying to mm. belong. I think summer camp has this weird permission to be campy and goofy, and then yeah. also like really genuine and heartfelt and the tendency to have these like deeper life talks sure, and things. Sure. Um, so you get to know people really well in a short amount of time. And I, looking back, remember One summer, there was this major conflict at the start of camp, um, and it kind of all boiled up into this one interaction where I felt pretty just bulldozed over Mm. and ignored, and like my feelings were ignored, um, and it happened in front of everybody. So it wasn't a private interaction. It was really big. And I just quietly excused myself and walked away because I needed to, and I went for a walk by myself. And when I came back, this whole group was waiting for me with my favorite snacks, which if you're in a bad mood, a long walk and snacks are like a game changer.
1: quality, quality um, care right there. Yeah. yeah,
0: they had my favorite snacks, they just surrounded me, wanted to know like how I was really doing and mm. listened to me and offered to pray for me. Mm. And this was a long time ago, and I've definitely had instances of feeling like I belong since then, but I think that this has stayed with me Mm. because there was this really drastic shift from feeling shame and isolation and misunderstood to being supported and seen and Mm. cared for.
1: Mm. To the point that they knew your favorite snacks. Yes.
0: And, And I still have a relationship with some of the people that were in that room but many of them i don't i'm a really different person now than i Mm -hmm. was then um but i think it's important that in that season in that moment i felt like I fully belonged with that particular group. Yeah. And the time and the changes and the things that have happened since then don't have to take away from that authenticity of belonging that mm. happened then.
1: So like as life has changed, as relationships have changed, you may not be as, it, it sounds like you're not in the, uh, in touch as much. Yeah. And that's okay. Like yeah. that can still be like something. Belonging
0: can be something that's seasonal, something that happens yeah. in a moment. It doesn't have to just because you belonged at one point doesn't mean it's forever, which might be a little scary, but we'll talk about that with
1: the- Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, I think about, I have a friend who has been, um, it's a friend who's a little bit older than me and kind of been a mentor at different stages, and one of the things that he tried to impress on me at one point was that, it, it's uh, normalizing that relationships and friendships like come to a close mm-hmm. and that's okay and I think I'm uh, my generation is the first generation that um, when we went to college Facebook suddenly became a thing so there was this idea of like you this initial surge where you you like friended every single person you'd okay. ever met in high school and now what that leads to is like this pressure that I'm supposed to stay in touch with everybody that I've ever met or had a good relationship with and uh, and this friend kind of helped me see like it's okay if seasons change and you're yeah. not as close with that person that doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't mean that that relationship isn't meaningful or can still be something that you look back to fondly mm-hmm. it that's okay that that happens yeah uh, that that feels connected with yes. like the, the this just shift for you
0: yeah but do you have a, another example for us? I do,
1: yeah. I, I'm thinking of um, a really positive uh, recent recent example, very recent actually, of trying to belong. Um, so I remember when um, uh, Kezia, my wife, and our kids were in uh, a car accident by Lane Tech High School uh, a little while back, and everyone was okay, um, but... Kezia is like dealing with crying kids and police reports and you know and trying to figure out what to do it's like a hundred degrees outside and I'm trying to figure out um, I'm not there I'm trying to figure out who I can borrow a car from and uh, and get there to pick them up if somebody else can pick them up uh, d- d- does this other person have a car seat because we have a you know a kid mm-hmm. and we, who needs a car seat the other two kids can probably you know drive like two miles without a car seat um, but like you know what do we do and then Kezia was going to pick up uh, uh, somebody from the church and so I needed somebody else to go and Pick up someone it. so like who? Oh my God! What do we do? What? Yeah. What? what uh, there's there's too many things to handle, and uh, in that moment, I actually think of Andy, your husband. I know him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and and I think he's he's close by, he lives close to us. He doesn't have to drive to work, uh, but he has a car and he has a car seat. Mm -hmm. And then I think of two other friends in the church who are like always willing to help and they've shown me that they're willing to help. And sometimes I think like, oh, you know, like people just say that, but they don't really want to help. And then I think, but. It, it's a moment of crisis, and it just mm-hmm. we just okay. So you hey, can you guys go pick up this friend from the church who we, we needed to pick up, and and then I call Andy, and we'd never gone there before, and uh, you know like I mean we're friends, and and I, I like Andy, and I think Andy likes me, but like there's something about that I don't want to trouble you. Mm-hmm. That I, I don't. know. I mean I, I wonder if anybody else like feels that kind of like I don't want to trouble them. I should be able to take care of this myself, mm-hmm. and that just like I I have no idea why I at all entertain the idea that Andy wouldn't like immediately say, absolutely, I can, she was in a car accident, of course, yes. yeah, like, like why Why do I think that, I don't know, I'm not sure why I go there, but it's that thing of like not wanting to burden somebody. Mm-hmm. And and so I call him and immediately he's helpful and these other friends are immediately helpful for picking up our other friend from the church. and And that was a moment of feeling, I think in that moment, like putting myself out there, just, like, having to ask for help was a moment of realizing, like, I belong to Andy, Andy belongs to me, we belong to this larger thing, the church, that mediates mm-hmm. our relationships. And, like, I don't have to do my whole life all on my own. And when there's a crisis, there are people I can turn yeah. to. That was an experience of belonging for me.
0: Yeah, I think that those crisis moments help solidify. Absolutely. Because there's, you don't have a lot of room for the, like, oh, I don't want to be a burden, I don't want to be an inconvenience, Sometimes it, that. you
1: need to get pushed. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's a good reminder too of this. Sometimes the concept of belonging can feel like, wow, I have to fit in with this whole group of people, um, and ooh, instead you've ooh. got these, you so can actually, have these individual it's just connections. It's one thing at a time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's connection by
0: connection that we belong.
1: I think that that's actually that feels really, really helpful because I I do think that there is that pressure of um, uh, when if we if we're in a so one thing we we talked about uh, discussing is like kind of belonging goes in cycles mm-hmm. as as life unfolds and so. Um, based on your age or stage of life, or um, you know, like if you have if you have kids or if you don't have kids, if you are if you are partnered or you're single, uh, when's the, when's the last time you moved? You know, like have you lived in the place that you've lived right now for a really long time, or did you just move here relatively recently? You know, how how many other relationships do you have to say? All of these things mean that like your experience of belonging will go in cycles, and. And, and, and one of the things that, it, that I think we can often, if we're in one of those points at a cycle where it, it's harder to feel like we belong, we did just move, or we just had a big upheaval. Something changed big time, and now we're like re-putting together what it means to have friends in the area, or like what do I do on the weekends, or who do I call when I have a car accident. Um, when we 're in those places, it can feel like the only way to do it is to attach ourselves to some big thing you know or like all like I have to attach myself to a ton of people, but that 's actually not how Belonging actually works. I, I love the, this point that you've made. that belonging happens one relationship at a time, mm-hmm. and so you don't actually have to attach to something larger than just a single person. But that's the way relationships work: is they eventually lead to the fact that oh, I have. I thought I was just had one relationship, but maybe I have two, and then maybe I have four, and then maybe I have eight or something like that. It's like a it's like a pyramid scheme. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's not that.
0: <laughs> in these cycles too, I think that there comes a point where you have to evaluate like how much you can be giving and what you need to be receiving, there's a give and take there. Um, yeah, yeah. How involved do you want to be? How much do you need to be in the the leading the way or following a little bit behind? There's kind of a figuring out period of when you're adjusting to being in a new new stage in the cycle.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And and there aren't any rules. Like I yeah. do I do think sometimes and maybe this is where you all can and help us with like best practices. Um, you know, throw 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 these ideas of like you know how how has it worked when you've tried to belong? How, what are positive things or what are negative things or what are like I don't know what are the, like the most toxic things you've heard or what are the most helpful things you've heard I I think sometimes where we run into problems with uh, a lot of advice that maybe has been given to us is they're pitched as universal Mm -hmm. and so you know like uh, on the giving and receiving like if I'm newer to a community you can make the argument that like you're supposed to just be receiving because you haven't gotten to know and then once you're really involved in a community or a circle of friends then you can start giving but you can also make the argument in the reverse Mm -hmm. like you can say like no no first you're supposed to, to give to show that you're really invested and then it becomes that thing that like there's there's no rules and i think when we when we decide that it has to look a certain way when i'm uh as involved or at this point in a cycle of belonging that's when maybe we start to be looking over our shoulder and feeling a little bit insecure second guessing ourselves and uh and and then we short circuit the experience because Mm -hmm. maybe that internal work is is having trouble
0: yeah um I'm thinking about Cole Arthur Riley writes about belonging in her book, and she talks about how Jesus was constantly making his own belonging. Ooh, that's good. So he, like... Was always inviting himself over to other people's homes for dinner. (laughs) true, yes, yeah, yeah. And showing up somewhere new and just saying, follow me and bringing communities together, even though he's just passing through. Oh, that's good, yes, yeah. He's
1: sort of like, oh, I'm just gonna hear and, hey, have you two met? Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: So maybe don't just invite yourself over to Vince's for dinner, but (laughs) (laughs) I do think that there's something to be said about creating a spirit of belonging regardless of where you end up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, That feels tied to that internal thing. There's internal stuff going on here, yeah. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. you can.
0: You can contribute to fostering a sense of belonging, regardless of if you are new or longstanding. Um, you still have this power mm. to contribute to the communal identity, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think that that is a really good reminder of just that that inner sense of belonging that you're talking about. Like even though you feel like you belong in so many different places, being anchored in yourself could help kind of with those waves and cycles of belonging externally.
1: Yeah, I think I think that that feels true to me that um, as I as I feel. Um, as I feel like I can maybe tap into a little bit of that Jesus thing that Cole Arthur Riley mm-hmm. is identifying of bringing bringing belonging with me, or mm-hmm. you know, or just you know making my own belonging. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's a, a way that we can like phrase that in psychological language is. Um, moving past those insecurities, moving past those things that make us feel like, oh, but I could never be X to, to these people, or but I could never be accepted in this way by this group um, because, you know, fill in the blank insecurities. And when we're able to operate in that, that like, incredibly in touch with oneself, comfortable in one's shoes place that Jesus is, we can bring belonging with us wherever mm-hmm. we go. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I I do think that that feels true to this place where I find, like, I have lots of, like, um, uh, maybe, like, it was last summer we talked about the difference between primary community and Mm -hmm. secondary community of, like, primary community being, like, the thing where you, that's how that's where most of your friendships are mediated but then secondary community is a good thing too and we and and often uh you know people who connect with our church some people connect with our church and it's their primary community other people connect and it's their secondary community and that's cool secondary community is great it's like you know the uh, i'm thinking of a lot of my secondary communities are like little i don't know like niche groups like um uh i i, I, I uh, like podcasts that I listen to, mm-hmm. and then like I remember the uh, a podcast that's like a, a tech podcast that is so nerdy, and it's like people who use Apple Gear and want to make the most of it. I, I'm I'm a I'm a horrendous nerd, everybody. And if you didn't <laughs> know that, um, but they had a live show in Chicago one time, and I was like, I'm gonna go to that, and it was like really like stepping out a little bit, like because like I don't know anybody, but I felt like I could do that and go and enjoy myself, even if I didn't really talk with anybody, because in some way I had. I had, I had learned that, like, I can belong to this. I'm a nerd, but I can let that flag fly.
0: <laughs> yeah, a phrase that um, came out of that conversation on primary and secondary communities was this idea of patchwork community. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. And
0: yeah. Um, this week I've been thinking about how we can often get in the way of actually validating our pieces of identity and the places that we belong because there's this concept of, like, you need to be 110% in yes, to whatever you're yes, doing. Yes. Um, and I saw this reminder on Instagram recently that just really simply said, You have permission to not be all in. Mm. And I think if we had to give one hundred and ten percent to every community, our <laughs> interests, our family, friendships, work, yes. like we would be so burnt out, even more oh, than and we I already are I feel that
1: pressure. I feel that pressure because I want to be a good neighbor to like to my actual neighbors. I want to be I, I want to be a good dad, I want to be a good pastor, I want to be a good friend, you know, I do. I feel. I totally feel that pressure to be 110% on every single thing.
0: Yeah, and honestly expecting people to be fully sold in order to belong, that's how cults are formed.
1: So oh, ooh, you've, not... you've heard some podcasts <laughs> on yes, this. Yes, I have,
0: <laughs> um, but we really, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and the level of commitment that we think we have to have mm. in order to have belonging. It mm. becomes conditional. Mm. And it's okay to be new, to try things out, to be half in, and still have life-forming experiences of belonging.
1: Yeah, And yeah. I think
0: from my experience, too, I've really seen this in religious settings, this pressure to be all in, at least in the evangelical settings that I was formed in. Um, this idea of like, don't be a lukewarm Christian, <laughs> or being on fire for God. I like, wonder I wonder for those, so of our,
1: for those of our folks who have more experience going to church, if those phrases mm-hmm. ring, it, with with uh, an extra amount of triggering in your, in right? your mind yeah. but it brings
0: that idea that belonging can become currency yeah and it's yeah, behavior that's the currency based. Thing. yes and yeah. then when you inevitably can't keep up with proving your goodness or how invested you are you end up feeling shame and disconnection mm. so I think that a lot of being able to experience true belonging whether it's in a religious setting or it's something totally different like in the tech podcast world, to relieve Guys, that it's, pressure. It's really cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: I'm I'm so cool in that arena, I'm like the coolest.
0: <laughs> but it gets to be all these things that you piece together that you're interested in and you're formed by and you feel like you belong yes. in. And just because you're not like that's not one hundred and ten percent your life doesn't mean that you can't fully claim that belonging as yours. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I also I feel it's important to recognize um, there's there's some like uh, invisible prejudice in um, in encouragements toward like being 100 110 in. Mm-hmm. I think in particular there's like class prejudice. Like uh, in the in the church world, I'll I'll tell you what I mean. Like I remember um, reading. Uh, I was I was an intern at a a, a pastoral intern in a, a semi large church, and we were reading like the hot new book on. Uh, community involvement, small groups, getting people connected in your church. And and you read it and it just it's like airtight logic. And a lot of the ideas are good. Like I don't want to be totally down on this. But the the drive of this is very, you know, be one get your get everybody in your church 110% in. That's the that's the message that's mm-hmm. being pitched. And so I, I today I look at that and I I feel a little skeptical of it. And I think one of the reasons I feel skeptical is that these systems, like this book that we read as a staff, was developed by a church in a rich suburb uh, outside of New York. And, you know, a lot of the big, like, you know, books that come out like this, and whether we're talking about in the church world or we're talking about the business world or we're talking about the self-help world, they often come out of, like, you know, rich suburban places like Orange County or, you know, things or, like upstate New York or things. And we we read these things where the people who've developed them, their life circumstances, their socioeconomic status, their class allows them to have, like, single income households without worry about paying the bills, jobs with hours that you can set yourself or that allow you to say yes to any social commitment you want. They have discretionary income for babysitting if they have kids, right? And all of that, Allows you to develop your airtight argument about what being in looks like, 110% in, and it sounds right on the page. But when you take it and you apply it to somebody else's life, and I think about you know like a, a, a lot of the, a lot of the people that I was reading are in a different generation from me. They live in the suburbs rather than the city. They uh, they are uh, f- um, have more protective factors around their uh, generational wealth than I or a lot of my friends do, and I still have plenty as a white middle class guy and I look at those things and I just think like this only works because it's in that setting it's very biased right Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually see it doesn't actually see how this can work for another situation and so I don't know like I I think I'm even beyond the idea of like you can't be 110% on in on all of these things at once maybe you can't even be 110% in on one thing because that's crazy
0: yeah that's a really good reminder um maybe let's Turn to some crowdsourcing here to see if there's yeah, yeah, yeah. anything yeah. helpful that's through, come up uh, in Discord, Discord
1: here. I I noted um, earlier um, a comment from Brittany that I really liked. Um, uh, she mentioned that belonging is often associated with uh, with good feelings at the thought of people, space, or uh, place, and and I, I think I think that that's that's helpful because um, I was I was actually talking with m- my nine year old earlier this week of like uh, our feelings are we are not our feelings right mm-hmm. like they can they can be signals to us or they can be part of who we are but they're not everything and often that can lead us into places uh, sometimes th- those those feelings that we have are good good uh, information because of, oh yes yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling drawn to this but sometimes we can have those feelings of like oh that felt good like you're people pleasing right and I, how can i get more of that currency how can i earn more of that mm-hmm. that can lead us astray and so um, so like belonging is really deeply emotional and i just think that's really important that we we call that out
0: yeah agreed
1: i'm looking here at other things that we have in uh Oh, thank you. We have some storytelling, which I think I'm going to read later because I can't, I can't, uh, I can't read right now. And I, I have somebody uh, announcing that I am a tremendous nerd. That's that's good, not horrendous. I think that's really important. And you know, I feel more belonging in our community because I'm a tremendous nerd, not a horrendous nerd. Thank you for that. It's really good. <laughs> yeah and then a, a couple of comments about um the difference between being young or being older um, that I think that there are difficult things to navigate it, it's actually it i mean there's there's difficulty they kind of swapped um like when you're young there's difficulty because we maybe feel more insecure or not quite so sure of ourselves, but when we're old, there's less uh, structures that help mm-hmm. facilitate belonging for us when we're young maybe it's school or maybe it's a youth group or maybe it's um Uh, you know, like you're, 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 you're new to the job. And so you go through orientation and you meet the other people who are, but then when you've, you know, maybe you've been at a job for a while or you're older and like, how do you, like, what if you move? How do you make friends? Yeah, There's very few things except maybe a church community that actually provide help for you in those situations. Yeah. More good stuff.
0: More good stuff. I'm looking forward to reading through the. Rest I think of I think we're yeah. going to have
1: a lot to uh, bring. This is great, everybody. We I'm, I have 32 missed messages too, so I'm only seeing part <laughs> of it. But we'll uh, we'll bring these in for uh, the following weeks.
0: Yeah. So maybe let's take the last few minutes here to kind of cast a vision for what Jesus-centered pictures of belonging yeah. can look like. Yeah. And one that I want to touch on really quick, just because we've talked about it before in different settings, is this idea of bounded set versus centered set visions for community. Um, which is a pretty core concept here, and in Bounded Set, there are strict rules and expectations that you must subscribe to in order to be considered part of the group. So in order to be seen as following Jesus in religious settings, in order to belong. And often this requires you to leave behind pieces of your identity so you can conform to the group's norm. It's so thinking about you having to leave behind your own yeah. stories to have to yeah. conform, to, have to, to, conform the... to
1: that friend group. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and. This is where we get that language of either you're in or you're out Mm -hmm. when we talk about what we strive to not be. Because bounded set is really divisive. It becomes this system of behavior management that again treats belonging like currency. And thinking about bounded set this week, I've realized that I don't doubt that people experience belonging within the context of a bounded set community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because looking back, being in different communities, I have, I have experienced belonging even with those confines. Being in can make you feel like you belong. Absolutely. But the key here is that your belonging should not come at the cost of someone else's exclusion, and that's what happens with bounded set. So instead, we have a centered set approach, which is what we hope to foster, and there are not these firm requirements or boundaries about who is in and who is out, who can consider themselves a follower of Jesus or not, who can consider themselves a part of this community or not. Regardless of where you are at, from your own unique experiences, you can turn toward community and toward hope and toward Jesus, and be seen and validated for who you are. And your inclusion does not come at the cost of someone else's, someone else's exclusion. exclusion.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's a core sort of principle. What uh, one of our one of our hopes for these next several weeks, talking about belonging. Is to, is to speak to things that apply to any experience of community or belonging or friendship circles that you might have in your life, but also to color in and texture what specifically is on offer here uh, mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with, with Brownline Church, and whether this is, ends up being a more primary community to you or a more secondary community to you. Both of those are great, but what can you expect? What, what are the benefits of having this uh, making up your story of belonging? Yeah. Um, and I think Senator is a huge part of that, so I love that.
0: Yeah, and then do you want to close us with?
1: Yeah, the I I also think I have a have a, a an image of like what um, a, a Jesus-centered um, discussion of belonging. Uh, where does that drive us? One of one of my favorite uh, baffling statements from Jesus uh, is uh, Jesus says, um, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And uh, I'll encourage you if if you're somebody who's spent a lot of time in churches to set aside any messages that you might be familiar with that. Uh, that take a very bounded set approach to that and and imagine that as as Jesus expressing an exclusionary statement. We're not going to talk about that here. Um, What I am struck by in that phrase, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I'm struck because Jesus doesn't say, I teach the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the, w- the things that we're longing for, the way, the truth, the life, I-, I think belonging is captured really well in those things. The things we are longing for in life are found in a person, not in life lessons or head knowledge or doctrines. It's not that Jesus teaches those things. Jesus is the same. There's, this is relational language. You relate to a person, right? you 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 have to gain more knowledge about stuff that's 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 taught but with a person you relate to them Learning more head knowledge is interesting because it requires us to distance ourselves from the thing that we're trying to learn about so you can observe it, and so you can be as objective as possible. You don't wanna give yourself too much to it because you become biased. That's what we do with head knowledge. That's what we do when we're trying to learn something in a book, or learn a doctrine, or learn a life lesson. We try to distance ourselves from it. But learning more about a relationship requires us to do the exact opposite we don't, we can't learn more about a relationship by distancing ourselves from it, by trying to look at it from more objective angle. The only way to learn about a relationship is to actually enter into it, to, 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 to invest, to risk being involved in it. It requires that we get closer, that we give ourselves, like, how do we fall in love? It's not possible to fall in love removedly, right? The the dating profile on the dating app only gets you so far, right, like you actually have to meet the person. You actually have to lean in and see how it goes. The way I learn more about my wife's and my love is by letting myself be seized by it. By giving myself to it and seeing what happens. Relationships are just a different technology than head knowledge and that's why I am so struck by Jesus making the things we're longing for relational and not about knowledge. Belonging is a relational technology. It's not a head knowledge technology. Belonging isn't accessed by walking into a group or a circle of people with a checklist and being like, okay, yep, all right, they were inclusive, okay, yes, they were nice to me, Uh uh-huh. And and, you you, you check off all the boxes and that's what helps you feel belonging. Well, I mean, those things are important, but you could check every box and still something would be missing, right? That can happen. You can still feel like, "No, this oh, something was wrong, something was off." Because belonging is not figured out in, in a, with, with the head knowledge technology. It's figured out with relational technology. The only way we can do it is to lean in. And uh, I, I, th- I think this is kind of, I think this is kind of the other side of a tension with this idea that we don't have to be 110 percent in. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, there, there's, there's a tension between those two ideas. We don't need to and can't be 100%, uh, 110% in on every group or what every circle demands of us, even uh, including this church, right? Um, And and we can still have important experiences of belonging, even so. And yet, belonging requires giving of ourselves to some degree, Mm -hmm. vulnerability to some degree, opening ourselves up to being disappointed, possibly. We cannot have that kind of experience from a distance. Like me with Andy... I, I had to lean in, I had to go to a new place with him, only then could I have that experience of belonging. I couldn't just assess that from the outside or from a distance. And so I think there's a discernment process here. I think, um, I think, I think there's a prayer process, if I can suggest that, like a, a listening prayer element of like in each new circumstance, in each new moment, we, we, we have to kind of attune ourselves spiritually of like, what is wisdom right here, God? What is the right thing to do here? Because there is no like perfect glossary that tells me what to do in a given relationship or, you know, trying to belong in a certain way, right? Like all of those things, they're great ideas, but they can't be universal. And so I need to slow down, I need to foster spaces where I can stop and I can pray and I can, I can trust that if, if I do stop and I pray and I tune my radio station not to just all of the noise that is constantly going on around me, that I can hear a voice that's more gentle and more encouraging and more wise than my own. And I can I can be guided in that way. Uh, God, as this th- th- this idea that we that we've been pitching, God is our fellow experiencer. Mm-hmm. We don't think of God as like the one that we have to beg from, or you know, don't don't withhold from me, God. God is surveying the situations that we're, are in front of us with us, and has more resources than we do, and we can slow down and access that God's voice. It, I, I, this is, I think, the prayer element to maybe maybe that inner piece of belonging mm-hmm. that we've been talking about since the start.
0: Yeah, and I think that the leaning in leads to true belonging when it's coming from a place of curiosity and hopefulness yeah. and connection and longing instead of out of a place of obligation and or can, can pressure. Can I earn can I earn yes. from you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's so that's a great point. Take something that could be transactional or could be trying to earn your belonging, your place and your worth and instead letting it be this genuine source of connection that you're you're putting your all into because you're excited about it and you're hopeful about it.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I think I think that's how these relational technologies work. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have to lean in. So that's good. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'd love to close us in prayer. Yes. Um, and actually just using this time to, to think through this idea of um, discernment that you're talking about of God, is it wise to lean in? Is it best to maybe slow down and not? Um, and taking some time to walk through a prayer together now. Yeah. So If you would just get comfortable in your seat and take a moment to breathe and slow down. And God, would you help us bring to mind a community, an interest, an area of life that we can lean into in this season? What feels wise to lean into? what feels hopeful, connecting, challenging. God, would you also bring to mind if there are any areas that we may need to step away from or places that need firmer boundaries to help us preserve our energy. God, would you help us bring to mind what we need more of in order to feel true belonging, what we're longing for? Would you help us identify what we may need less of, what's getting in the way? Maybe it's external, or maybe it's our own inner doubts or invalidation. God, would you help us to anchor us within ourselves as we navigate community and belonging? Would we look to you as a companion and a guide? as we continue to learn how to thoroughly belong to and believe in ourselves. Amen.